Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Thursday the 17th of December. In your squeeze today, Sydney's COVID alert, Australia calls on the World Trade Organisation, rain, rain and more rain, and giving away billions. This is your squeeze today. New South Wales, Clare, reported three new locally acquired coronavirus cases yesterday. That's a big deal because until yesterday, Australia had recorded just one case of community transmission in December. Of course, also an outbreak anywhere has implications for what state and territory leaders might do with borders. The first case is a 45-year-old man whose job is driving international flight crews to and from Sydney Airport. So because of that, there are now plenty of questions about the quarantine arrangements for international air crews. So what New South Wales Chief Health Officer Kerry Chance said yesterday is that there's a plausible hypothesis that he came into contact with an infected crew member, but they're going to do the genomic sequencing, which will tell them exactly where that strain of virus came from that he has. There's an issue, of course, with international flight crew. It was something that was identified as a vulnerability in not just New South Wales system, but states around around the country because flight crew aren't subject to the same quarantine arrangements as other arrivals. When they get here, they have to self-isolate for either a couple of weeks uh, or until they leave the country, whatever comes soonest. But self-isolation is very different to that hotel quarantine program where people really are locked down. Yeah, expect a lot of chat about that today. The other two cases are two people who do know each other on Sydney. Sydney's northern beaches. Authorities don't believe they're linked to any known cases. That's put the northern beaches where the two visited a number of venues on high alert. Claire, this news is certainly a bit of a downer, but all in all, we had a positive update from the acting chief medical officer, Paul Kelly, yesterday saying things are looking well here in Australia. And of course, when you look at Australia compared to other nations, particularly at the moment, we're doing extraordinarily well. We're benefited, of course, by heading into summer. Uh, A lot of countries that are doing really badly are in the winter. Uh, But what we're up to now is looking at uh, having two vaccines available next year. And what Paul Kelly said is that the goal for 2021 is to vaccinate all Australians who want to get it, with those priority groups being older people, healthcare workers and essential workers, they'll go first. Uh, And interesting to see, there looks like there's going to be some lasting societal changes over what's happened in the last year. Yeah, there's an Infrastructure Australia report out. It's very interesting. It says a lot, a lot of things. But it does say that according to research, there's been a 200% increase in net migration from the capital cities to our regional areas. And while that might not be lasting in those big numbers, it does seem we're set not to head to the office as much in the future. Doesn't sound too bad. Move to the country at the moment, does it? I'll take that. Boko Haram Claire is an Islamist terrorist group operating predominantly in northeastern Nigeria. They're responsible for the kidnapping this week of 330 boys from a school in the region. The Nigerian government now is in negotiations over their release. 
where they are has been identified. And as you say, that government is holding those talks. Boko Haram aren't any strangers to kidnapping kids. They really shot to prominence in 2014 when they abducted 270 girls from Chibok. You'll remember that Michelle Obama, who was first lady at the time, promoted the hashtag uh, bring back our girls. That really gave it viral status. What analysts are saying is that there's a real fear that Islamist terrorism is on the rise in that part of the world and this is just a part of it. And as far as what happened to those girls, some have been released, but there are a number still missing. We're up now, Claire, to the daily update on what's going on between China and Australia. Yesterday, Trade Minister Simon Birmingham confirmed what he'd been alluding to for some days, and that's that Australia would refer China to the World Trade Organisation. Yeah, it really is a bit of a daily tennis match at the moment with it going backwards and forwards between our government and China's. Uh, What has happened is that barley uh, was one of those commodities that was hit in May. It had a really big tariff put on it, about 80% price hike uh, over dumping claims, which means that what China was claiming is that Australian uh, producers were putting it into the Chinese market at a price cheaper than it could be sold here in Australia, our government and those farmers reject that claim. Uh, It's just the first time that Australia has referred China to the World Trade Organisation over an agricultural commodity and there could be more to come. China doesn't seem to be backing down, Claire. Their foreign ministry yesterday accused Australia of breaching our free trade agreement by blocking $14 billion worth of investment. My IFO is today, Claire. That's the mid-year economic fiscal outlook. We did only have a budget a second ago, but this is when my IFO usually is, so this is where it stays. It's unlikely that we'll see any big surprises from Treasurer Josh Frydenberg today. Doesn't look like it. It'll really be a confirmation, though, of the numbers. Uh, a couple to look out for is that the deficit for this financial year will probably now come in just under $200 billion. That's an improvement, but it's still a record amount of a negative position for our budget. Uh, also, looking out over the next four years, we're expected to hit a $442 billion black hole in the budget. So they're very big numbers. Numbers. Uh, on the upside is something that we talked about yesterday, Kate, the iron ore export front. Uh, that will certainly improve our position a bit. And to the weather now, as was long predicted, La Nina is here and New South Wales in particular has taken a beating. Evacuation warnings still in place for residents in some towns. Meanwhile, Claire, spare a thought for those in Fiji. Cyclone Yasa is currently reaching speeds of 280 kilometres per hour. It's forecast to hit the country's two main islands later today or early tomorrow. It's a life-threatening storm. It's looking at being a Category 5 storm when it hits those main parts of Fiji. Uh, Really big concerns about what will happen there, Uh, whether that's tonight, whether that's tomorrow. It may not be some days that we actually find out what happens. At least 600,000 people are thought to be directly in the cyclone's path. This one just blew me away, Claire. Mackenzie Scott, the former wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, gave away, it's very hard to read this number, it's very long, I think it's $4,158,500,000 just in four months this year. 
Yeah, you've got it. Uh, she gave that to American charities, mostly looking at food uh, relief uh, and also other emergency relief. And she's done that, she says, because she's got a commitment to actually giving away all of her fortune over her lifetime. But her fortune climbed in value by $23.6 billion this year. She says that that's particularly unfair as vulnerable Americans have done it tough. Billionaires have got richer. Yeah, $60.7 billion is what she's worth. She's the world's 18th richest person. It's mind-boggling. Today also there'll be a lot of chat about cricket and that's because the first test of the season kicks off in Adelaide later this afternoon. Australia versus India, it's a day-night test. It's starting to feel like summer, Claire. It really is. Also, our final shortcut of the year is out today. What we've done is a catch-up of some of the big news events of 2020. And if you, you know, at your Christmas lunch and you've got a bit of chat going on, you'll be right up to speed with some of the big things that happened this year. Yeah, so we're talking the fallout from the bushfires, obviously where things are at with coronavirus here and around the world. The latest between Australia and China, though that one's moving pretty quickly. A bit about how our economy is faring. It's good to have those numbers sorted in your head. And finally, where things landed post-US election. I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. And finally, Claire, anyone listening on Spotify's Your Daily Drive, don't forget that when you hit play on the playlist on Monday, sadly, the squiz won't be there. We won't be there, but we'll still be on Spotify. So good idea is to just hit the follow button. We'll be there. Follow us on Spotify or just search for us on Monday morning. We'll pop up and you can also find us via any other podcasting app. That's all from us this Thursday and we'll be back tomorrow. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today.